Welcome back, everybody. Clearwater Jazz Holidays, Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions, Tyler Wortman. How are you, man? Doing great, Steve. How about you? I am wonderful. It's really great to have you back with us. Tyler's been a regular part of these sessions. We're recording them for the purposes of Clearwater Jazz Education and Outreach. Check them all out after the live sessions in our studio archive. We've got so many up now with really, really great participating musicians and educators. And if you'd like to listen rather than watch, you can watch our Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions podcast wherever you stream your podcast. There's like 80 plus segments up there already, lots of plays. And um, we also incorporated the Stop Time series with Frank Williams, which is a historical um, archive of walking you through the history of jazz and you can listen to all those segments too it's really really good stuff the studio is brought to you by um, uh, steward partners blue water wealth management at steward partners and the podcast series is brought to you by our friends at marine max clearwater we always give a big shout out to our friends at the al downing tampa bay jazz association for also supporting this program and um, you know check them all out tyler's been with us from the beginning and he's a trombone player He's done a ba he did a basic trombone series um, early on with our lead education partner Frank Williams. That was uh, long tones and lip slurs, tonguing and articulation, major scale and arpeggios practice, scale pattern practice and alternate alternate positions for trombone, scale mode applications, approaching a transcription, and uh, more recently continuing with the basic series, developing a warm-up regimen on trombone, practice methods and helpful resources, and today, an approach to improvisation on trombone. So uh, make sure you check out all those sessions. They're fantastic. Um, Tyler is very special to our education and outreach. He's been a longtime participant in the Young Lions Jazz Master Session traditional program, main event, and in the schools, as well as our My Journey with Jazz program in neighborhood family centers throughout the Tampa Bay area. He's a trombonist and graduate and alumni of Florida State University and University of South Florida with a study focus on jazz performance. He is a composer, performer, producer, educator focused on jazz and classical styles. He performs with many groups and ensembles and currently is adjunct instructor of music at Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers and will soon begin an intro to jazz course at the University of Tampa. So uh, he's becoming quite the catch and hot commodity in the world of jazz and trombone. Congratulations for all that, Tyler, and welcome back. The stage is all yours. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Al Downing. Thank you, Clearwater Jazz Holiday, for everything you guys do um, for jazz, the Tampa Bay, the, the Pinellas County, everywhere, man. Um, these sessions are uh, just truly something that I look forward to, and I, I love doing them. Um, I don't know if... Hopefully for the viewers here, uh, they caught um, Wyclef Gordon last week. Um, and we have a whole bunch more to come. Um, just all these great informal videos um, dealing with the specifics of instruments as well as um, how to go you know, forward in the future with music. And so uh, 
with today's topic being how to approach improvisation on trombone, I thought we'd deal with some improvisation topics. Okay, so with jazz improvisation, the number one thing I hear students say is, well, I, I have a hard time uh, with, with improvising. And usually that's as far as it goes. They can't really elaborate more on it and they can't go into detail why they, they might be struggling. And so in order to improvise, okay, it's like being able to open compose a novel, okay, and not being able to um, sort of write down any ideas beforehand. You need to just go. Chapter one, start, and then you begin. In order to write a successful book that way, you have to have an understanding of words, right? Synonyms, antonyms, just all of these things. And, you know, how to build character, you know, um, dialogue, how to introduce, there's so many factors, right? It's the same with improvising in, in jazz, okay? It, when it's time for you to solo, chapter one. And then the, it's an open book. It's literally whatever it is you want to play. And that's what's very liberating about jazz, but it also can be very scary, okay? So there's this open concept of jazz improvisation now. So what I have my students do is actually practice most of the things they already have been, which are major scales and arpeggios. Okay, so by practicing these major scales and arpeggios, we can then go into different modes of our major scale. Okay, uh, we find our dominant mode, which is our fifth mode, um, which is our major scale, basically with one note difference, and that is the seventh note is lower to half step. Now we have a dominant seventh chord. This creates a dominant function, which if we were to listen to um, classical music, it's five to one, okay? Um, and so this sort of diatonic harmony is very, very important to understand before we improvise, okay? Now with jazz improvisation, people think I can just play whatever music I would like on top and it'll fit, it'll be great. I can play this lick that I learned last week over any chart and it could be cool. And well, if you think like that, you're sort of going into that book novel writing method as a, well, okay, well, this character is going to be grumpy and this character is going to be like this. And that's cool, but you have to understand how to relate these characters, okay? How to relate the musical language. Now, this is the biggest thing. Okay, because most students, when they begin, they want to play everything they've ever played on their instrument at in one course. You can't do that. You, you just can't. So with this now comes maturity of, of understanding of your harmonic and rhythmic abilities on your instrument. Most of the time, the very first place people go to when beginning jazz improvisation is the blues progression. Okay, the 12-bar blues progression, more specifically. In jazz, and through the history of jazz, uh, this progression has changed um, by adding more or different uh, chord changes than what has you know, been previously stated by other generations or musicians. Um, guys want to evolve the music, right? And so what the blues does, it's a great, 
great, great progression, which takes you from dominant to predominant, um, basically to, to dominant, and then back to tonic. Okay, so we're basically going from our one chord to our four chord to our five chord back to one. Okay, and this progression is is all over classical music and jazz music. One, four, five, one. Tonic, predominant, dominant, tonic. Now, I say these words in, in this vocabulary because it's important to understand the chords that we're playing over, okay? If we're understanding what the tonic is in musical uh, terminology, tonic refers to the, the first chord or the main key that the piece is in. So uh, for our sake, let's talk about an F blues concert f blues okay so our tonic here is going to be f we're in the key of f um, and in this case our first chord is f7 okay now if we go in our blues progression our fifth measure of our 12 bar blues progression is our four chord that is now b flat okay so we go to the next four and the ninth uh in the ninth bar we have a C7 chord, that is the five. C7, and then we go back to F. Now, I'm going to demonstrate this progression on trombone um, by improvising a melody for one course, and then demonstrating um, scale ideas, as well as um, a one course jazz solo over an F blues. Now, I'm going to make up the head. The head or the melody that you're going to hear me play is going to be one that I'm just going to make up. Um, and I, I believe this is important. More musicians should um, be improvising their own heads um, just for composition reasons as well as improvisation practice. Here we go. notification um, so what did I do okay let's let's start from the end and work back so it, the the actual course of the improvisation solo was in a bit different light or spirit than the head okay um, when establishing a head for me I tried to imply call and response um, so it's a very natural thing, call and response. Um, you, you experience it in life every, every day you have a conversation. 
And so in music, by creating these ideas, that's the call, that's the response. And then you have an additional response, right? So that's, that's three phrases and then you need to repeat. Call and response. And then when it's time to solo, I heard the rhythm section start to put four on the floor and really start swinging. So I knew it was really time to sort of pick up that rhythmic intensity just a bit. Um, in order to play, you know, a solo like what I what I just did, it involves an understanding of the chord changes of multiple chord changes um, of the different eras of the 12 bar blues as, as I was talking about. Now, with all the different variations of blues, bird blues, you know, uh, all, all the different variations, the things that are standard and will be the same are the tonic predominant dominant functions that I was telling you about. So the one chord is always going to be F, okay? The four chord is always going to be B flat seven, okay? So if we can sort of think about these things, it's not about what chords are we playing, it's how are we getting from one chord to another chord, okay? And it's this process that makes the, uh, the improvisation happen. Okay, it's not about thinking, oh, I have this chord to play, and then I, I have this chord to play, and I have this chord to play. Yes, you need to understand where you are in the form, but you need to be thinking about melody. You need to be thinking about phrasing. What are you playing in your solo, right? Um, and usually when I hear my students, they, they perform the solo, they, they're not combining any of their phrasing material. It's all here's a new idea, here's a new idea, here's a new idea, here's a new idea. And then I asked him, hey, how, how'd you like that solo? It was, it was okay, you know, I, I, played, I played a lot of stuff, but I had a hard time combining it all. Well, it's because they played everything, or everything that they thought of was a new idea rather than branching an idea off of a pre-existing line they've already played. Um, and man, some of the greatest improvisation solos are done this way. Um, fact, all of them are done this way. Um, we need to be thinking musically while we solo, as well as understanding those harmonic properties. Okay, so what do I tell my kids to practice? Scales and arpeggios, and they hate it. I hated it too, um, but then I understood, well, Music is made up of what? Chords. Chords are made up of what? Scales and arpeggios, right? For every chord, there's a, a corresponding scale to learn for it, right? For our dominant seventh chord, our dominant mode, five, we have our mixolydian scale, okay? So if you want to learn what to play over a dominant chord, well, you need to learn your mixolydian scales. Okay, and if we just remember what we talked about maybe 10 minutes ago, the Mixolydian scale is the fifth mode of our major scale, which has one note difference, and that is the seventh. It's lowered by a half step. Okay, so 
I know I'm saying a, a lot of nomenclature, a lot of vocabulary, a lot of musical terms here, okay? But basically, guys, you have to start as simple as possible. Why? So you can ensure that you will not mess up or confuse yourself. Um, it's very easy to confuse yourself when jumping into jo uh, John Coltrane's Giant Steps for the first time. Very easy. Once you've practiced, you know, how to improvise and how to read these chord changes, you can find different pathways that train actually use to navigate um, through these different sequences of two fives and you start to learn, you know, his, his major thirds pattern and, and how he's sort of navigating um, in terms of composition. And then you have to think of, oh, wait, he also played some amazing improvisation solos on top of those compositions that are still to this day renowned as some of the finest solos um, in jazz. So it's, it's a lot of understanding the music, your own language, um, and where you're at. Um, I tell my students that all the time, you know, don't compare yourself to somebody else just because they have, um, you know, a better or worse um, sound, you know, style of language. You, you really can't do that because that person has their own experience with the music. They've learned their own way and you, that's not right of you to compare yourself to that person, um, nor should you. Um, it's it's just it's just wasting time. So we need to just understand, like I said in our last um, video master class, just understand your playing. Um, you just have to be honest with yourself going forward in order to grow. You you have to because you need to know your strengths and your weaknesses, right? Um, so go, going forward now um, with our F blues. We have our comp composition elements, right? Developing our melody, developing our heads. Then we have our improvisation elements, okay? Now, for the composition, I would recommend you improvising, um, you know, over a blues, recording it. Maybe if you really like it, arrange it, okay? As well as uh, maybe creating a head from paper. Okay, um, trying to envision that sound and then play it. See what it sounds like. Um, you're only going to strengthen your composition um, style of writing and, and just work ethic by writing more in music. And that's something that not a lot of students do. They, they tend to like playing charts, but when it comes to um, actually composing for themselves, they tend to, sh to stray away from it. Um, and in this world, this era, um, if you're going to be a professional jazz musician in, in 2020, well, man, just playing is not, that, that will not cut it. And you, if you ask any jazz musician, they will tell you that. You will be very, very, very hungry. Okay, you need to be able to teach, you need to be able to write, you need to be able to play, you need to be able to be a good person so people will hire you. Okay, there's, there's a thousand different things, right? Um, and sort of going back to, to improvisation now, it's sort of the same. There's a whole bunch to think about. At the same time, we need to sort of think um, as simply as possible, okay? Seventh chords, dominant seventh chords, right? 
breaking those down into our Mixolydian scales up to the nine and back down. Okay, so if I were to practice an F Mixolydian scale up to the nine and back down, it would sound like this. And at the end of the scale, I'm going to perform an arpeggio to the nine and back down using our seventh as well. So it would sound like this. Now, you can also practice it legato. Okay, you can practice it in thirds. Okay, and you can practice it in trials. so on and so forth, all the way back down. Now, I'm just showing you a whole bunch of different ways to practice one scale, okay? One chord, technically. And after you're practicing with the metronome and tuner, right, all these ideas, you can start to sort of play melodies and ideas in this key or sound. Um, if you have a piano or a keyboard nearby, things I did in college where I would play hold hold the chord down with my left hand and then sort of hear and, and play sounds in those chords. So here's our F7 sound again. So something I might play. So then you start to get into different sounds, ideas, um, you know, I was playing a little bit bluesy at the end, and that's using blues elements, right? And then if we go and study more over our dominant function, we learn blues is, is, is a great um, style to play over these dominant chords, these mixolydian scales. Um, and so you start to learn, you know, what, what can I do in this situation? What can't I do? Or shouldn't I do, should I say? You, you can do whatever you want. Like I said, it's an open book. Um, and again, that's what makes it so great. Um, man, you know, not being able to play this music uh, with, with live people for months, um, you know, I didn't really understand uh, what it would do. But man, I, I'm really itching to, to get back out. And I'm sure everyone is. Um, you know, just being able to, to conversate with other people on the bandstand while you improvise is just, it's one of the best feelings. And in order to get there, 
right? We have to have the understanding of the scales, of the chords. At the same time, we need to be open enough as a listener uh, to communicate with our fellow bandmates, okay? And again, you know, you've probably heard this um, not just from me, but if you want to be great at improvisation, well, you need to be a great listener. Um, you need to understand the music that's been played, the ideas that have been played, um, all the different for, you know, phrases and melodies, it's just everything, um, in order to know what you, you know, officially create is, you know, 100% authentic. Because there's been so much music out there already created. Okay. And it's our job as, you know, jazz musicians and, you know, musicians who improv um, and use improvisation to do their homework in a sense um, in that way. So for me, I tell my students that impro with improvisation, it's a lot of theory. Okay. And they hate to hear that. But once they start to break it down, they realize that's the simplest way of looking at it is, is music theory. And once we go into the more advanced concepts, um, you know, minor two fives, they deal with half diminished chords now um, instead of major two fives, which is Dorian minor chords to dominant. We find these different modes, these different outlets, these different sounds, add them to our own instrument, and then we apply those to different areas in music and we keep on learning and it doesn't stop. And that's how it should be. Um, the thing that is tough though, is as my students keep learning and keep on learning these great ideas, um, they tend to sort of, well, it's not a bad thing, but they tend to, tend to change their own practice regimen, which is what they should do. Um, but it's really easy to forget about some practices or um, things you used to, you know, have in your regiment that you might, you know, get rid of for some new things. So that's why it's really important, guys. Keep a practice log, okay? Um, I do it to this day. I've been doing it for years. It, it's something that if you don't do, you can get confused very easy of what did I practice last week? Because for me, you know, we practice couple hours a day, you know, at the very least, but every single day, man, can I really recall what I practiced two weeks ago, you know, exactly to this day? That's, that's tough, right? Well, you got it right here, right? You have it logged to the date, everything you practiced, what you warmed up on, uh, things you were checking out, who you were listening to, and having those, you know, things, ideas jotted down will really aid you in this process of, um, improvisation um, because it is an understanding of things that you know we don't or we're working on and then things that we are good at and sort of progressing forward at the same time and that's what improvisation is it's it's a balance right um, now with you know um, improvisation comes you know people giving their two cents about what what they say oh man you know that solo was was cool did you do something don't let any anyone you know um sort of change your view on how you you know how you view your own solo your own music um be open to people's 
um, opinions, okay? Because at the same time, we can learn from everybody's opinion, um, but we need to understand it's just their opinion. It's very important. Um, and so, you know, by doing that, just don't, don't let anyone, you know, out there sort of turn you down negatively on yourself um, in terms of your music. You know, like I said, you know, there's multiple paths to, to reaching, um, you know, success in, in this business and you can't compare your path to somebody else's. Um, and again, you know, um, by listening to this music, um, really intense listening, you know, um, it, we, it'll help our improvisation process um, by understanding what has been played, the phrases, the, the melodies. Um, and it's just, it's a history lesson too. Um, you need to understand, you know, you got to wake up. You need to know what was created in the 1910s and 20s. Because if you write a melody and man, you think it's really authentic and you go to find out, man, that was already written, you're going to look pretty silly. Okay. Um, and, and just that just goes to show, um, you know, guys, just go out there and, and practice, listen to, to as much as you can, study, play, um, enjoy the music, um, especially classical music. I know I, we're sitting here talking about jazz and jazz this and jazz that, but technique is crucial, okay? If you don't have good technique, nobody really wants to hear you. Right. So how do we work on technique? Classical music, solos, duets, quartets, just working on our sound, our technical facility around our instrument. It, it goes hand in hand, guys. Um, you know, as soon as you start thinking of music as music and not as classical or jazz, it, things are going to start to click very rapidly here. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's everything I have, Steve. Oh man. Another one in the books. Well done, Tyler. You're getting pretty good at this, man. I, I love them, Steve. I really do. Yeah, no, it's, it's so all the content is first class. You're always first class going above and beyond. And we're so happy that you're on our team helping to, um, you know, contribute to this growing resource and, um, already looking forward to the next one we've got to get a few others uh scheduled i know you're going to be back um kind of wearing a different hat you're going to be teamed up again with brandon robertson your colleague down at florida gulf coast university bauer school of music jazz program down there and you guys are going to be doing a session coming up soon on a duo performance so i'm really excited about having you both together and watching that that interaction i think that's going to be great and um, i would just encourage everyone watching today or listening in the future to really check out and take advantage of these growing resources online the studio and the podcast uh, really good stuff and um, really i've been really um, enjoying watching the development of the stop time series with frank williams we're both having a really good time producing it, and um, it's just you know fun watching Frank do what he does in his element. And so, if you if there's anyone watching these and you'd like to brush up on your jazz history and get some enrichment there, these are a really fun way of doing that. So, Tyler, uh, until we meet again, um, 
you know, stay safe out there and keep doing what you're doing and uh, keep playing out there, everybody, following us, supporting Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation, and we'll see you real soon. Yes, sir. You too. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. All right. See you, Tyler. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation's Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions. This podcast series is presented by our friends at Marine Max Clearwater. To watch the video of this full session, please visit the Education and Outreach page at clearwaterjazz.com and click on the studio. You can also learn more about the annual Clearwater Jazz Holiday Music Festival tradition and Clearwater Jazz Holiday's year-round education and outreach at clearwaterjazz.com.